y'all, and welcome back to the Stripe Show podcast brought to you by Encore Golf. Encore designs high-performance golf balls for players of all skill levels and swing speed. So get fitted for your perfect golf ball today at EncoreGolf.com. Well, it's Friday. You know what that means. We're back with another Happy Hour Express edition of the Stripe Show podcast, bringing you everything you need to know from this week in golf as fast as possible. You know me. I don't believe in long podcasts. I think the short ones are the way to go. Keep it short, keep it simple, keep it fresh. Um, and I'm super excited to talk about a lot of different topics in golf with you guys today. Are y'all feeling refreshed after that like two day break we had from the PGA Tour? I mean, for real, what's up with the lack of off season for these guys? Um, I don't know what needs to happen, but something needs to happen so that the pro golfers, the golf media, the golf fans, everybody needs a little bit of time off. Um, and I, I do think it would um, lend itself to the excitement factor a little bit. You know, you look at people getting so excited for, for college football kickoff uh, game day or NFL game day, the first NFL game day or opening day for MLB. And we just we don't really have that um, for the PGA Tour because it's such an ongoing season. Uh, it's something that's unique about our sport, but. I think that everybody could um, benefit from from a little time off personally. Um, I don't know how these pros feel, but um, I know that I could use a couple of weeks off for sure. But nevertheless, we're back at the Fortinet Championship in Napa Valley. Um, after Thursday's round, Ches Reeve with a hot start at seven under, a little bit out of left field. And uh, John Rahm was pretty much the only, you know, super big name besides, you know, the Wills Alatorises. Um, that was attending this event. John Rahm fighting a stomach bug shot even on Thursday. He withdrew from the Pro-Am on Wednesday and everyone like wasn't really even sure if he was going to play at all. Um, and some interesting comments though, after Patrick Cantley was named player of the year, let me read you this quote. Rahm said, finishing runner up doesn't feel too good. I know I had, I felt like I played good enough to be able to earn that title but unfortunate situations like the one at Memorial cost me. Had I been able to play, maybe win it, I think I would have tipped the balance towards myself. Maybe even play in the Olympics, have a good showing, and maybe even earn a medal could have tipped the balance as well. So as we know, Patrick Cantley won the Player of the Year Award um, earlier this week. Will Zalatoris won the Rookie of the Year Award despite uh, not even being a member of the PGA Tour. Conversation for a different time. Rom definitely a little salty that Patrick Cantley won the Player of the Year award, and he didn't. He um, felt a little bit deserving of it. Obviously said that Cantley, you know, the multiple wins and the playoff victories um, were very deserving. Um, but thought, thoughts on if you guys think Rom was snubbed at Memorial. Obviously, we know he was snubbed at Memorial. Um, but do you think he should have gotten player of the year given all of the circumstances, given testing positive for COVID multiple times. Um, I saw several jokes on Twitter saying that uh, Patrick Cantley won the Rory McIlroy award. We know how much the PGA tour loves on Rory McIlroy. So, um, but nevertheless, John Ron back in action. It's funny because even though he's seven behind the lead after Thursday, he's still like fourth in the odds to win the tournament. So that just shows uh, the strength of the field this week in Napa Valley. But Let's turn the attention to the topic of the week, and that's Brooks Kepka. Is anyone surprised? Lots of headlines from him, so let's just run through them. Brooks said he's confident he'll reach Tiger in number of majors won. Okay. He also said, leading into next week's Ryder Cup, that teams, the team sports thing isn't in his DNA. 
Okay. So starting with Tiger's majors record, um, just starting there, this is uh, from the golfchannel.com website, getting these quotes here. Brooks has currently won four majors, as we know, um, but he's 31. And he said that in my mind, I'm going to catch Tiger on majors. I believe that. I don't see any reason that can stop me. Um, obviously, Tiger has 15 majors, as we know. Uh, direct quote from Brooks here coming from a Golf Digest interview. I'm 31, have another 14 years left. If I win one a year, I got Jack, who, as we know, has 18. People misconstrue that as being cocky. No, that's just my belief. If I don't have that belief, I shouldn't be out there. If you don't think you can win, why the hell are you teeing it up? Interesting uh, thing to do there. Interesting comment. Um just kind of at an awkward time. I feel like it was a very strange time to uh, make that kind of comment. But nevertheless, I'm pretty sure at this stage of Tiger's life, he'd won way more than four majors um, at 31 years old. So, I mean, we could also talk about his comments um, about the Ryder Cup. So we can also talk about what Paul Azinger said about them. So let's go to these comments. He said, Brooks Kepka said, there are times when I'm like, I won my match. I did my job. What do you want from me? I know how to take responsibility for the shots I hit every week. Now somebody else hit a bad shot and left me in a bad spot. And I know this hole is a loss. Blah, blah, blah. blah. You go from an individual sport all the time to a team sport one week a year. It's so far from my normal routine. I can barely see my personal team. It's hard to go to the gym. Blah, 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 blah. Under regular conditions, I take naps a lot. I might take an hour, hour and a half nap or just chill out on the couch and watch Sports Center before rounds, after rounds. There's no time to do that in the Ryder Cup. There's no time to decompress. This uh, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, and rightfully so, in my opinion. Um, Travis and I talked about it a lot. Travis talked about it earlier this week on the podcast on uh, Wednesday. Um, but here's the comment from Azinger. When I read that article, I'm not sure he loves the Ryder Cup that much. If he doesn't love it, he should relinquish his spot and get people there who do love the Ryder Cup. Um, not everybody embraces it, but if you don't love it and you're not sold out, then I think Brooke should, especially being hurt, should consider whether or not he wants to be there. So that's kind of where a lot of people, especially on social and in the golf Twitter world, um, were kind of going to battle about Brooks. Very polarizing figure, in my opinion, in golf. You kind of either love him or you hate him. Same as same as Bryson. Um, but Travis made a good point earlier this week. What would 12 captain's picks look like, right? Why wouldn't you want 12 players who want to be there? Those players who want to be in that situation, who want to be playing in that tournament, are automatically probably going to play better because their mindset is different, Right. So for everybody saying that this is about, you know, well, you want Kepka, you want these players to be honest and open and truthful about what they're feeling and you want them to be open. And then now you're you're blasting them for being honest. No. Yes, we want players to be open and honest, but we also expect them to not be assholes when talking about representing their country at the biggest team event of the professional golf calendar. Like this has nothing to do with them being open or honest. This has to do with like, is Brooks really that self-centered where for one week he can't figure it out because the sound of it to me, doesn't seem like he wants to figure it out. doesn't seem like he wants to kind of push himself to be more of a team player. It goes back to, I mean, think about when he was on the team at FSU, I would love to 
know how he was back then um, and wonder if he was kind of in the same situation where team golf wasn't in his DNA. I just find that a little bit hard to believe. Um, obviously, golf, as we know, is a very individual sport. I get that, especially pro golf, very lonely out there. Um, but at this point, I mean, I would want to see people who want to be there um, over somebody who, you know, just wants to take naps and um, go watch Sports Center. So this is one week a year. It's not, I mean, it's a huge deal in golf, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal to put your personal um, naps and your 5 a.m. gym sessions aside. I would just so much rather have people there who want to be there. Um, on the Ryder Cup note, Kevin Na made an interesting comment. Obviously, a lot of people were were pulling for him to be chosen for the Ryder Cup um, over the picks that were chosen, like Scotty Scheffler. Um, so listen to this quote. He said... Um, if I had Bryson DeChambeau as my partner hitting driver, I'd be stuffing wedge in there or short irons. I'm a good putter and a good chipper. All these years, you're telling me that the US team has been struggling because they have lack of length? No. If anything, it's been putting. Guys able to make putts under the gun. It didn't matter what happened at the Tour Championship. Stricker already had his mindset. That's my personal opinion. I think it would have been great if I played for the team. I think I could have really brought some good energy and I could have contributed and disappointing that I won't get the chance to do that. So, I mean, he also, you know, made the comment of, yeah, I have to play better. I understand it's a captain's call and he respects Stricker's decision, but this is a guy who wants to be there. So in my mind, I would love to sub him out for Brooks Kepka. and everybody who thinks that we need Brooks Kepka to win, wake up. Like we don't need Brooks Kepka to win. We need a team that wants to be there. You look at all the European guys and this is going to my next comment. Um, a lot of questions as to why the U.S. hasn't been successful in the Ryder Cup, right? A lot of people say, oh, we're so bad at alternate shot. Oh, we're so this, we're so that. Phil Mickelson has some interesting theories, and he talked about them on a podcast with Gary Williams. Listen to this quote. Um, let's see. Uh, he said he was asked what the theory was, why Team Europe was so much more successful. Mickelson said, yeah, I have a theory with a laugh. Quote, I see the way they support each other, and I see the way they have this foundation of support amongst each other to lift each other up. I see them walking side by side in the fairways and with a vision of solidarity, if you will. I see them helping each other get the best out of each other. And um, that is just not what we're talking about when we see those comments from Brooks Kepka. So if, if, that's what we need, then maybe we rethink the players we have on our team. Um, obviously, I would love to see Brooks Kepka get fired up and into the whole team atmosphere. I think he could be um, a great Ryder Cup player and be a really good asset to the U.S. team. But Mickelson makes a really good point. There's all these storylines about the Ryder Cup and about Brooks and about Bryson and about this and that and nothing from the European team, which is why they probably do better, right? Um, because even if they're not friends, they can act like it for a week and they can support each other and they can put their differences aside. They can put their personal routines aside um, and do what they need to do for four or five days. Um, interesting comments there. And lastly, last topic today, you thought we were going to get through a podcast without talking about Bryson. Yeah, sorry. It's never going to happen. Probably if he keeps doing whatever dumb stuff he's doing. It's his birthday today. So happy birthday, Brooksy. Um, don't forget, Bryson's still training for the World Long Drive Championship, says he's wrecking his hands, which should be good for uh, the Ryder Cup next week. And he's also appearing in cringe TikTok videos saying he hits nukes 
when being asked what he does for a living. So interesting description, I guess, very cringeworthy, um, kind of made me just want to shut my whole phone off. He was on Chris Como's live the other day, just absolutely airballing it into his basketball hoop in his living room. The guy's weird. I don't know what's going on with him, um, but I think if he just turned his phone off, he would maybe be a little bit better off than appearing and doing all these weird things on social media. But it is what it is. Um, I told you all to keep it short. That's all the time we have. Catching you up on this week in golf as fast as possible, as I always do. Next week, we have a full lineup of amazing guests heading into the Ryder Cup, starting on Monday with Lanny Watkins, um, one of the best Ryder Cup players to ever live. And then Friday, Travis will be live at the Ryder Cup in Whistling Straits, and we'll talk, me and him, we'll talk all things golf heading into the weekend in Wisconsin. So don't miss that one. But happy hour is over and out. Cheers and make it a great day. Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, control, and distance. Encore recently added the Vero X1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls, one that already included the Golf Digest gold-rated elixir and low-compression Avant 55. Through its full suite of golf balls, Encore can help transform any golfer's game. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more info about Encore and start revolutionizing your game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 